So, lukewarm. How's your Coke? Lukewarm. I never drink it any other way. Mm. <laughs> Some people pull a Coke out of the fridge. I pull it out of that cupboard right there. Mm -hmm. That's how I like it. Using so, your stage name of lukewarm. Lukewarm. Yes. And yes. Ice cold. And ice cold. Well, ice cold. Today we're going to talk about pride and prejudice and brisket. <laughs> pride and prejudice and brisket. Are you excited to talk about brisket? I am. I really like a brisket. Okay. So many people have sent me this. This mm. happened just last week in Austin, Texas. They take their brisket seriously in Texas. They do. Yes. And at famous Austin, Texas restaurant La Barbecue. La Barbecue? La Barbecue, yeah. I'm, I don't, I don't want to make fun of their name. Maybe La is the only Spanish word they know. I don't know. Maybe Somebody, it's L-A Barbecue and they move from well, California. The, the A is lowercase. They, they might just have bad typography skills. <laughs> That's entirely possible. So at California Transplant L-A Barbecue in Austin, mm -hmm. Texas, somebody <laughs> broke in mm -hmm. at 4 a.m., clearly knew what they were doing. They hopped the fence. They broke the lock on the meat locker. And they stole 20 whole briskets valued at approximately $180 each. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. That seems like what a brisket would cost for yeah. a place like, like this. Like a so. whole brisket, yeah. $180. So that's around $3,500 stolen. Of briskets. Of brisket. Oh, yes. Briskets are briskets, plural, when they are full briskets, right? Mm-hmm. Do because, we say briskets instead of of brisket? Because brisket is already plural. We're having brisket. We're having, yeah. you know, but briskets, I don't know. It's, do you know the whole fishes yeah. thing, right? Fish and fishes. You use fishes when it's a multiple species of fish together. They are then fishes. Okay. And fish is multiples of the same kind. Then it's just fish. Then it's just fish is what I've been told. I, I bet it's not as strict as that. Because, Maybe it is. You know, but I don't know. Briskets. Yeah, I That's, think it's. I, I'm going to say it's briskets when you're stealing briskets, whole briskets. When, when you're stealing them whole out of the, the yes. cooler in the back. One thing that this article points out is that this kind of thing is likely to get a lot more common with inflation rising as it is, mm. which we actually talked about several episodes ago when we talked about all the alcohol heists in South Africa. Right, right. It was driven by you know inflation and scarcity. Right. So. That Someone is, really loves brisket. Inflation mm -hmm. is, you know, maybe this is the Jean Valjean of brisket thieves. It's just instead of one kid that they're stealing a loaf of bread for, he's got to steal for an orphanage or, you know, several yeah. orphanages of children who can only eat meat because they're on the Atkins diet. And so all those all, children all from those, the 90s, those children from the 90s on the Atkins diet that, you know, are a bold thief just has no option because mm -hmm. inflation means they can't, yeah. you know. So this is yeah. the modern version of stealing a humble loaf of bread. Yes, yes. But it's 20 briskets. <laughs> 20 briskets. To go and feed well, the you know, hungry. You would need someone with the strength of Jean Valjean. You know, they Javert could tell it was him because he lifted the cart all on his own. And he yes. had only known one man with that strength. Well, this is a man or a woman with the strength to carry 20 to briskets. Carry 20 briskets. Yeah, and there, there's only... There's you know, the article somewhere. does say that they have, you know, surveillance footage of him jumping the thing and cutting the lock and then carrying the briskets out. They didn't say it took multiple trips. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere so it might have just been there is an overly aggressive cop who lacks empathy, who is searching for, you know, the criminal mm -hmm. and he's gonna be like, 
that person. I know only one man who could carry 20 briskets at once. I know he's feeding those orphans. The, the, I will find him. This further implies that the brisket thief 20 years from now will be the mayor of Austin. <laughs> so that's how we find him in 20 years. Just yeah. Just 20 years from now, mayor of Austin. 19 yep. years from now, the election campaign is going to be wild. <laughs> People will be campaigning against being mayor of Austin. Depends they don't on want to get caught. How well they can sing, also, you know, because there's going to have to be a musical rendition. But that's after the fact, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, there you, there go. you go. There, there's our our food heist and Les Mis adaptation <laughs> coming soon to a theater near you. Quality content. That's you why they hear the here. briskets sing. <laughs> can you, why would the brisket be what's singing? Why? Because it's two syllables and it fits them. <laughs> Can you hear the brisket Do sing? you hear the pitmaster sing is too many syllables? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, speaking of quality content, really topical to hit the, the algorithms for, mm-hmm. these, for YouTube and the various podcast sites that are looking to push really topical content. We're going to talk about Pride and Prejudice. We're going to sell out. <laughs> Yeah. We're going to talk yeah, about yeah. Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an all Austin-themed episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wish I'd done that on purpose. Yes. Full, fully I'm Austin-themed episode. Fully angry you know, at you for pointing it out. Big Austin out there, you know, the Austin yes. lobby has mm-hmm. come, and they heard that we're taking sponsorships now, which we have done, and they so secretly want- We're just- Pushing for Austin to sponsor our podcast. Yes. Yeah. Whether they, the city or the, you know, literary society. Yeah. Or some some random dude either named way. Austin. Uh, there's mm-hmm. lots of them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're happy um, either way. Yeah. So Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Where prejudice. did this come from? So your employees yes. had a couple of weeks ago a Pride and Prejudice marathon. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And I actually helped plan this a little bit because I happened to be in the room when they were talking about it. Yes. And I made sure that they included the Bollywood one. Yes. But they watched, if I remember correctly, the 95 miniseries. BBC. Yep. The 2005 Kira Knightley movie. Yep. The Bollywood movie Bride and Prejudice. Yep. And Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yes. Am I missing any? Nope. Those were the four that they watched. Okay. Now, deliberately left out, there is a local um, Provo... <laughs> Provo made Mormon themed yes, Pride, Pride and, and Prejudice, Prejudice and which I remembered after I looked it up. Oh, I have watched this. Like I have that. seen that one as well. Yeah. Also, let's see. There's no other major ones that that are left out no, of that in list. In fact, prior to the Kira Knightley in 2005, mm-hmm. the previous feature length movie, yeah, was 1940. Right. With Greer Garson. And there is, I've actually seen some of it, not the whole thing. There is another sort of mini series that's black and white from the Ooh. early ages of cinema, which is awesome because they don't do period costumes because they just didn't have them. So everyone's in these Gone with the Wind dresses <laughs> and things like that, yet it's Regency. It's great. It wasn't like they adapted it to a modern day setting mm-hmm. intentionally. No, they just what they had. They just and, used you know, what they had yeah. on hand. Mm, which and is I've, cool. I've seen some of that one, but we're not going to consider that one in the, the contention because we decided, Dan and I, we had seen all of these except Dan had not seen Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I had not previously seen it. I have since yes. seen it in preparation for this episode. Dan did homework for this episode. You should all feel yeah. very lucky. You should thank me personally yes. with brisket. <laughs> Because 
Mm-hmm. Spoiler warning, I did not enjoy that movie. <laughs> hey, man, these these episodes are so much more interesting than when we argue. You're supposed to love it so that did, I did you not like it I either? I didn't like it either. It was so boring. It was you I know, don't know how they managed to make that concept dull, but they did it. And I'm so proud of them. I'm for in the minority. Hard. Everyone else in the room seemed to really like it. Really? Yeah. I watched it with my wife. She certainly liked it more than I did. Adam, our, our producer know, here. Producer here. He watches every year. It's one of his favorite movies. So well, he's not here tonight. He has fallen in my estimation. Yes, yes. <laughs> so there's no suspense now. I was gonna lead up to what did yeah, you think of so, it? Well we, but there was still a reveal. There we was just, still we did it early. Let's talk about why Pride and Prejudice and Zombies didn't work for us. I want to mention that it has one really, really great scene. And uh, that is... I guess. also think it has one very good scene that I loved. I don't know if it's the same one I'm I'm interested to hear. I think that the proposal scene, Darcy to Elizabeth, where they fight, is actually a fun take on... Okay. You know, the whole Zorro... When they're in the parsonage yeah. and yeah. they're going um, back and forth. Now, that's mostly for camp reasons, but I think that it is making good on the premise... Mm-hmm. That they are warriors as well yeah. as, you know. For me, it was the very first ball. Okay. Where they come back in. Where, the, yeah. The, the action they, they shot. realize, and then mm-hmm. they do this kind of slow motion thing, and it's yeah. all the Bennett sisters filing in in perfect wedge formation. Yes. And Proper Regency yeah. dresses, and then they pull out katanas and rifles yeah. and things, and they go crazy on the zombies. I'm on board with that scene. Yeah, I think that was a very well done scene. The problem is, there's so many problems with this movie. (laughs) My main issue is Mm -hmm. that scene is the movie's one joke. Yes. And it tells it, and then it doesn't have anything else to say. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's a very big problem with this movie. Yeah. It just does not go anywhere. I thought that the prologue was kind of bad, where Darcy, because you need it to set things up, but like... Making Darcy that heartless, this is the point of Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Where in his soul, he is a good person who is misunderstood. Yeah. But that's kind of the decision they made with every character, right? Like Sally Phillips, who played Mrs. Bennett, Mm -hmm. wonderful British comedian. She kind of got it. She knew she was in a comedy movie. Right. But like Charles Dance as Mr. Bennett was so somber and dour. Darcy was doing like the Christian Bale Batman voice the yes. whole time. Uh-huh. Everyone went over the top with, well, this is the grim and gritty one. And no, it's supposed to be the Fun. funny joke one. Right. Matt Smith got it. Matt Smith got it. He was great. He was fantastic. Sally Phillips was yeah. great. Mm-hmm. I will watch Lily James in anything. Yes. And I thought she did a pretty good job. The but, whole cast yeah. is, is really, really great. Mm-hmm. And this is part of why I actually didn't like it. Because I was watching this and imagining an actual adaptation, like a straight up adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, that used this cast. And I even thought that Mr. Bennett was a good Mr. Bennett. It all could have worked really well, but they had to rush all of the scenes. Like when Charlotte, the one who marries Collins. Yeah, Charlotte. Like, was she even on screen before she comes and tells Elizabeth, I've decided to marry Mr. Collins? Just once, but yeah. yeah. Like you have they, to they rush a lot of through stuff. so much of this. So it's a bad Pride and Prejudice adaptation. You don't get the actual... Enjoyment of Pride and Prejudice, which would be okay if it were funny all the way along, Mm -hmm. but it's not. It's mostly grim and dour. 
Yeah. And Darcy's just like wanting to murder Jane. And like, it is like on the spot. Like Lizzie has to stop him from murdering Bingley. Yeah. More than anything else, I think that that's what it was. I was just so surprised that they didn't go campy with it. That they they tried to play it straight. It wasn't as fun. The title is so funny. Yes. It is a clear and obvious joke. I haven't read the book. Mm-hmm. But the movie, they tried to go straight on it. And I, so it was dour and kind of yeah. – and here's the the other thing. Maybe we'll spend the whole time on this movie. <laughs> here's the other thing. I think we can actually spend most of the time on this and the Bollywood one because they're like polar opposites and how to actually adapt. But it's a bad zombie movie. Yeah. Because they tried to inject an entire epic fantasy lore to their zombies, mm-hmm. which is just so poorly done that I was cringing the whole time. Like, yeah. Wickham is the Antichrist, kind of, maybe, we don't know. They mention it for some reason, but then killing him doesn't stop the zombies, and he's back later on. He comes back at the end, unharmed. Honestly, I was impressed that they tried to come up with a reason for the zombies. Did you? I don't think they did it well, but I think it was an interesting choice to do it. I think the movie would be so much stronger with no reason. Right, If there were just zombies. So the joke is that it's Pride and Prejudice and there are zombies. Mm-hmm. And I think you don't change the story as much as they do. At least this is one way to do it. Yeah. You have that there are zombies. And I would not make the zombies anyone in the story or there be a concern. It's like, it's Day of the Dead. Think people are rising from the graves. This happens periodically. We just deal with it. We mm-hmm. don't have to worry that Jane is turning into a zombie because the dour nature of the sort of, the way they did it is you can't tell if someone's a zombie, which changes the entire dynamic so much that you always have to be worried about the person that you're with being a zombie. Yeah, which changes the dynamic between characters just too much. I think the premise of this is what would happen in Regency England. They just kept on going with life like they had to during World War II, except Mm -hmm. there's a zombie apocalypse going on at the same time. And they are halfway there and halfway into this whole mafia thing where you have to worry that every person you're interacting with is a zombie or that someone's been bitten. And it changes the dynamic. You can't have the Regency stuff work nearly as well why are they throwing balls why are they doing any of this and well and so much they did a lot of world building but they only did it halfway right and if the world building weren't there then i could just accept the joke Mm -hmm. right the joke is hey we're going to the ball and zombies attack during it and then we have you know a flirtation scene that instead of doing the dance with darcy and insulting they are stabbing zombies and spinning around each other and using the exact same dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. You do a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. You take the exact dialogue and you add a very hilarious subtext mm-hmm. to what's going on and you have a really fun movie. That's what I thought that it would yeah. be. But things like, you know, they establish in the prologue and in several of the other scenes that they have changed the way houses work. Mm-hmm. That the way they enter, every house they enter is they go through the weird little brick pillar first. Yes. And then there's a tunnel mm-hmm. that goes in under the wall to get to the house where it's safe. And so they're clearly trying to say, look, this is a society that has adapted to the presence of zombies. Right. Which was kind of cool. But then on the other hand, they're like, oh, no, Jane, you should just walk to Netherfield because then you'll get there and you'll have to stay. Yeah. And she ends up like, Riding a horse through a forest full of zombies, which is so dumb. 
Right, right. It's the halfway measure. Yeah. You see this in other things. Once you start saying, now you have to pay attention to the logic of it, then the logic of it has to be good. Mm -hmm. And you can totally do that. You could do a version of this where the logic was solid, you rewrote everything. This is Lion King, right? This is when you say, I'm taking this source material and I'm adapting it so strongly to my, my idea that I'm considering all the angles and trying to make a version of, you know, that becomes 10 things I hate about you or, you know, where you take yeah. an old thing and you make it new. And they didn't do that. They kept so much of the original that doesn't make sense with the context of the world building that it was just farcical and I couldn't pay attention to it. But they weren't making it jokes. It's not a joke. Like if they'd been like, we'll send her off. And then like, you know, there were some wink at the audience mm -hmm. that this is the dumbest idea ever and everyone is super stupid then or, maybe I'd laugh. Yeah, or even if it's just like they don't realize it's a zombie apocalypse, yes. they just think that there are some zombies. Right. And so every time they kill them, they're like, well, glad we got rid of the zombies. Yeah. And then the next scene, there's more of them again. <laughs> yes. Like, okay, Jane found some when she walked to Netherfield, but I'm sure there's no more. Lizzie, yeah. you go walk to Netherfield. Yeah. And then it's a joke, her out. right? Then it's yeah. funny. And for all I know, that's how the book is. It could I be. haven't read it. I don't want to bash the book, but yep. the movie did not work. For me at all. So Bride and Prejudice, yes. which is the Bollywood one. So I have to correct you. It's not Bollywood. So okay. it is a British director of Indian descent. Okay. Who made a very Bollywood inspired, but my friends who are Indian would want me to point out, wasn't filmed. No, that's it's, it's, absolutely it's, worth it's, pointing out. Yeah, yeah. It is a British production with a Bollywood aesthetic. Using a lot of high-class talent from India, but mm -hmm. a lot of high-class talent from London as well, from the UK, and kind of weaving these together. It's the same director who did Bend It Like Beckham. Fantastic director. She's great. Yeah. So yes. just thank you for that. Yeah. That mm -hmm. is worth pointing out. Yeah. Even within India itself, there yeah. are at least two major film right. industries that are separate from each other. And we like to call both Bollywood when a lot of them are when not they're filmed not. The big Bollywood. recent one, yeah. RRR, that mm -hmm. came out was not Bollywood either. Yes. Mm -hmm. And still gets called it. So thank yes. you for that correction. Mm -hmm. Do you watch a lot of so Indian movies? I do not watch a ton. I've seen a couple. I okay. actually want to do a movie night where we watch some of the favorites from some friends who are from India and have them show oh, so cool. I can yeah. so I can learn some more. I know enough to understand the aesthetic and mm -hmm. things like that. Bride and Prejudice might be my favorite of the four. Of the ones you've yeah. seen. Now, it's hard for me to say because I went to the Kira Knightley one with my wife on our second date. So there's a certain <laughs> special sense to that one. Mm -hmm. And the 1985 one is the only one that isn't rushed. 95. 95, sorry. Yeah. The 95 one is the, mm -hmm. the only one that isn't rushed and doesn't have to cut out big chunks of the story. So they all have their own thing, but Bride and Prejudice... The Bollywood, we'll call it the Bollywood one, but we mean Bollywood inspired. Yes, um, Bollywood inspired. Is such a brilliant way to adapt something mm -hmm. that I just want to gush over how good a job they did. And I read reviews when it came out that called it lazy or things like this. Oh, just, you know, slap mm -hmm. on a veneer of India. No, this movie is taking the sort of the prejudice and the pride mm -hmm. and is adapting it and applying them to modern race relations yeah and that is 
genius. And it works so well because mm-hmm. in the original, it was all about class. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like your little country family, yes. however nice you may be in every iteration, shows yep. them at a different economic level. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely not Bingley and they're not Darcy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this one changes that to be more about race and less about class. Yeah. It's about an American yeah. who thinks lowly of rural India and a woman who loves her culture and her people and mm-hmm. her little rural city and thinks very poorly of him for yeah. being well that. and one of the things that i like about it because okay. you know like you say you have to make darcy still yeah. likable yeah uh he doesn't dislike india yes he just looks down on it in that kind of microaggression sort yes. of way yeah, exactly where he just he doesn't take it seriously. He doesn't know it well. Once he gets to know it, his mm-hmm. opinion changes. Right. And he realizes, oh, I have had these kind of unconscious biases that I need to correct about myself, which was very progressive for 25 years ago or whenever yes. it came out. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. just a really cool way to take this text and add something new to it. I love a lot of things about this movie. I love their Collins, right? Their Collins. Their Collins is so good. And their Lydia. This is the yes. only time I've ever loved a Lydia in yes. any version of Pride and Prejudice. Yep. She's actually my favorite character in this one. Is she? She's right. so funny. She is pretty everything funny. everything that she yes. does. Mm-hmm. But their Collins is like, he's likable. Like, I like liking Collins, even though I could see that it would be mm-hmm. a disaster to date him. Right? <laughs> yes. And like, he's clearly a mess. Yes. The way they do it in Bride and Prejudice is he's the one who went off to America. Yes. And so he comes back and he just has very weird, obnoxious attitudes about things. And he's very funny. It's a really brilliant thing to have Darcy be a hotel magnate, right? Mm-hmm. Is that magnate? That's how you say yeah. it, right? You know, instead of owning Pemberley, he has these hotels with all these rooms and all this space. Mm-hmm. And they combine his mother and his aunt into one character, right? So his mother is the Lady Catherine de Burr, which is a good simplification. And having Collins be this like little flunky who's just so in love with this family who has gotten so successful and is a bootlicker to them works so well as that same dynamic. It all just really works. Wickham is the one where I'm, you know, I'm not 100% sure on. And I like their Wickham. I like, for instance, that, you know, the solution in Bride and Prejudice, good update, is not Lydia married him. So now it's okay. So now it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. You know, Darcy gave him some money. He married Lydia. They'll be happy, I'm sure, right? Mm -hmm. You know, a nice update being, no, we got Lydia back. And yeah. And doesn't he end up getting like arrested or actually criminalized for something? Yeah. He is the least likable Wickham Mm -hmm. of any of the four. And that is hard for me to look at objectively because I yeah. don't like him at all. He's this yeah. kind of beach rat surfer Backpack guy. Across. Yeah. The only reason that I'm kind of unsure on him is they really play up the Elizabeth and Wickham relationship in this one. And of the three movies, it's the one where, you know, they have the most time, her and Wickham together. And you can almost understand, but the whole time he's making eyes at Lydia and doing all this stuff and you're like, you are such a slime ball. So I don't know. Well, and I do like the way they portray him, mm-hmm. you know, because in the beginning, he's much more 
accepting of Indian yes. culture mm-hmm. than Darcy is. Right. And then it eventually comes out that he's just kind of fetishized and exoticized it yeah. and still doesn't really understand it or appreciate it in mm-hmm. a non-racist way, yeah. which is a nice foil to Darcy in mm-hmm. that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we can't spend the whole episode just on no, those just two. just on those two. Because there's not much more to say than if you haven't seen Bride and Prejudice, it's great. Music. What did you feel about musical interludes? Oh, it's so great. Mm-hmm. I actually watch Indian movies all the time. I have seen dozens of them. It is mm-hmm. one of my very favorite kinds of movie to watch. And so if you end up doing a let's watch some Bollywood and other Indian movies together, yeah. I would love to be a part of that and mm-hmm. suggest a few. Excellent. I will also add arguably the biggest movie star in the entire world, Shah Rukh yes. Khan. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in person. Have you? Is he the guy that in the famous clip, the truck flies over his head and he reaches in and grabs the guy and slams him down? Oh, that might be him. Is that from Raw 1? I don't know. I don't know because there's a couple of kind of over-the-top action yeah. movie scenes that get passed around. Shah Rukh Khan, he has a movie called Jab Harry Met Segal, mm-hmm. which is just a romance where he is a tour guide in Europe that takes groups of Indian tourists around. Uh-huh. And they happened to be filming the scene in Budapest when I was there for a book tour. Nice. And so we went up to look at Budapest Castle and saw a film crew. And I managed to get a surreptitious photo of him as he walked right past me. And I was like, that's Shah Rukh Khan. Nice. But yeah, I love it. And so I... I really enjoyed the music. Yeah. I thought the music was good. The, the music is great. No, no Life Without Wife, I think, is mm-hmm. my favorite of the songs. Yep. But all of them are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, even the snake dance. <laughs> Just, I love that movie. Yep. For those who haven't seen the movie... Which sister is it? It's uh, always Mary who's Mary. the weirdo. That's it. Mary. Yeah. In the books, it's like, hey, play piano for us, piano forte. And she's just, she tries. Mm-hmm. And in this, instead, they're like, dance, do your dance. And she does a cobra dance. Does a crazy cobra dance, yep. which is probably a very cool dance. But the whole joke is that she is doing it in a hyper serious, over the top mm-hmm. kind of way, which is very typical Mary Bennett. Yep. So. All right, so let's talk about the other two. Kira Knightley version. Where would you rank this? Kira Knightley version mm-hmm. is my favorite adaptation of Pride okay, and Prejudice. So it's number one. Absolutely number mm-hmm. one. In fact, mm-hmm. I can't think of an adaptation of any Jane Austen thing that I like more okay. than the Kira Knightley mm. Pride and Prejudice. Okay. I That's a controversial opinion. It is. Yeah. I understand. Well, and frankly, 95% of the audience probably prefers the 1995 miniseries, Mm -hmm. because it is so well done and so beloved. I don't actually like it very much at all. Okay. Ooh. Is it below Pride and Prejudice and Zombies for you? Okay. Okay. (laughs) I thought we were going to get some spicy takes. No, not quite that spicy. If I were to rank these four, it would be Keira Knightley, and then Bride and Prejudice, and then miniseries, and then, you know, somewhere off in the corner would be zombies. Okay. I would flip the first two. But I seem to rank the 95 one higher than you do. It's just that I cannot separate the Keira Knightley one from the fact that I went there with my wife on our second date, Mm -hmm. and we watch it periodically as kind of our movie, because our first date was a play, HMS Pinafore. Mm -hmm. And the second one was like, after we both knew 
that was a blind date, our first yeah. one. After we both knew that we both liked Jane Austen and a new Pride and Prejudice was out, it was like a let's go see this together mm-hmm. sort of thing. And so it really is kind of our thing, Your thing. that we went yeah. and saw that. We were on the second row because it was in Salt Lake and it was for some reason shown at only a few theaters. For some reason, some idiot thought that Utah wouldn't want wouldn't to see absolutely yeah, drown itself yeah, in, in a, a Pride and the Prejudice. The first Pride and Prejudice in 60 years. Yeah. And so we got there, we're on the second row, we looked up Darcy's nose and Yeah. So, so interesting then mm-hmm. that both of us put the miniseries in third yes. place. Though mine is like nipping at the heels. Yeah. I think one, two, and three. Like if I'm gonna sign them ranks. Right, like if they're out of ten, these are all like hovering in the nine for me. Oh, right? really? Like these are all really good films, mm-hmm. really excellent adaptations of Pride and Prejudice, which is a top tier piece of literature, right? Mm-hmm. And so, top tier adaptations of top tier literature, thumbs up to you. You're gonna strike yeah. in that near perfect, if not perfect, realm for me. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I absolutely recognize that I am a wild outlier on the yeah. miniseries because mm-hmm. I find it to be fairly boring. There's parts of it that I really enjoy. Uh-huh. Mr. Bennett in it is wonderful. He is. He is probably my favorite. He has this very kind of dry yep. humor to him that comes across so well in that version. And you have to cut so much Mr. Bennett to make movies mm-hmm. that he's a riot in the book. Yeah. Right? Well, and that's one thing. You talked about how the zombie one has yeah. to cut so much to compress the story down, yeah. mm-hmm. plus add in the extra zombie world building, and there's really no time. Obviously, they had to compress a lot yes. for the Kira Knightley one as yes. well. But I like the way they did it. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Bennett's a good example. Like the yeah. scene in the beginning where... Mr. Bennett, will you please go and introduce yourself to Mr. Bingley? He's just moved into Netherfield. We need to introduce our daughters. And there's, you know, two or three delightful conversations where he kind of teases his wife and then she finally convinces him to go. And what they do in Kira Knightley is they play that first conversation as a joke. And then at the end, he says, don't worry, I already have. And that's shortening things yes. and it's not true to the book mm-hmm. but it's very true to his character and it does really nail it that's yeah. true mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing he would do and it's a way of compressing the story without losing stuff mm-hmm. the way that other versions sometimes do okay so i think they do a really good job of it mm-hmm. i will also say that it is a visually gorgeous movie it is that scene yeah. of lizzie spinning on the on the, the swing the swing and just seasons and mm-hmm. yeah they made the decision which i know a lot of austinites disagree with to bump it forward 20 or 30 years so it's like late 1700s rather mm-hmm. than early 1800s and so it is capital r romantic rather than regency and they really lean into that with like the shots of nature and seasons passing and that kind of specific artistic tone, which I love. Mm. And it means that the movie overall is a little dirtier. You know, there's a lot more muddy hems in it. Mm -hmm. You don't get the very proper kind of Regency dresses because it's set in a different time period. The one thing I do like, just a note for the grognards here, Bingley's sister is wearing a Regency era dress which actually would be fairly accurate to the 1790s where the rich girl has it and it hasn't gotten around to the poor country girls yet, which is such a nice little, like they did their homework with uh-huh. it to make it accurate, even though they were changing the time period. What do you think of the cast? 
Cast is great. Tom Hollander as Collins. Mm -hmm. I think he does a really good job. Honestly, Matt Smith might be a better Collins. As much as I love even the miniseries Collins, Mm -hmm. all the Collinses Mm -hmm. are so good. It is such a wonderful part. I love Kira Knightley as Lizzie. Mm-hmm. One problem that I always have with every version of Pride and Prejudice is that, like, Jane is supposed to be the hot one, right? Yes, that's the. I was going to bring this up. <laughs> like, it's really in in the Bollywood one. It's like they've got two just absolute models playing mm-hmm. the just the jaw dropping. Yeah. The mm-hmm. woman who plays Lizzie in Pride and Prejudice, yeah. is considered one of the most beautiful women in the entire world. Yeah. Jane is supposed to be the hot one, mm-hmm. but she rarely is more attractive than Lizzie because Lizzie's the main character. Yeah. And so in the Kira Knightley, as attractive as she is, Rosamund Pike, mm-hmm. like, okay, I see now why she is the glowing jewel that everyone talks about. You know, the last time I saw it, it was kind of hard to be like separating Warren. A little bit, just a little bit. Every time I'm like, oh, it's Warren again. Even though she plays a very different role. She does a fantastic job with the mm-hmm. two different characters, obviously. But yeah, yeah, it was interesting. I didn't have that problem when I watched Whale of Time of being like, oh, it's Jane. It's Jane, Jane. Bennett. Yeah, but. No, because uh, we've seen her in so many other yeah. things. Mm-hmm. She was even in a James Bond movie at one point. Mm-hmm. I love Rosamund Pike. I think she's fantastic. And I do like the fact that, you know, there's at least one movie where Jane is maybe a little, little hotter than Lizzie is. Which I only harp on because it's a key plot. It is a key plot point, and like now we're putting on our literature hats and things like that. Like Jane Austen was not known as a great beauty during her time, and a lot of her stories were written about this idea of, you know, will I get married, and things like this. And during an era where the certain class she was writing about. The woman's attractiveness was a very big deal to her prospects for the future, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, utterly sexist, horribly unfair, but it's part of the text, right? And the idea that Elizabeth might not be the prettiest one around, Mm -hmm. I think plays into a little bit of the personal writing to make this the protagonist in the story. Yeah. And it gets mentioned constantly. Yeah. Mrs. Bennett several times, you know, will say in public with Lizzie right next to her, you know, Jane is my most attractive, but the others are okay. Yeah. And Lizzie's like, mom, I'm right here. Yeah. And so it was, it was a big part of the culture and a big part of everything. Other casting, Matthew McFadgen as Darcy, Uh he does a good job. I don't think he does an amazing job, uh, but I like him a lot. I don't love any of the Darcy's. And this Mm -hmm. is not their fault. It's because Darcy is a character in my head, more so even than like, it's kind of from Lizzie's viewpoint, right? Mm -hmm. Not really because it's this old narrative style, but whatnot. You're seeing through Lizzie's, she's the protagonist, right? Yeah. And I am, for whatever reason, able to see all these different women as Lizzie. Mm -hmm. But the Darcy they get is never my Darcy. Yeah. And because of that, I have trouble accepting them. The thing I like, but also kind of like roll my <laughs> eyes about with this one I'm, you might be getting here is just how romance novel-esque 
Darcy is at places in this one. Granted, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the Darcy goes swimming scene, does it? But I no, can't it doesn't yet. have that. Yeah, I but, did laugh. Yeah, hard. Yeah, in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah, when where they did they the, give him the swimming scene yeah, uh-huh. almost as a background joke. Yeah, mm-hmm. to the point that I wonder if that was like the B roll director. Yeah, who. Anyway, we would be remiss if we did not talk about Colin Firth, yes. who is, for the majority of people, I think, yeah. the Darcy. He is probably the best Darcy of these four for yeah. me. In fact, not probably. He is the best Darcy of these four for me. He might be the best overall. I will mm-hmm. say Matthew McFadgen. Yeah. In the first proposal scene, mm-hmm. the one where in the Kira Knightley version, they're in the rain in like yeah. this colonnade, <laughs> and he comes up and he's like, against my better judgment, I love yeah. you. Uh-huh. And then they yell at each other back and forth. Mm-hmm. He does the best with that scene of any of them. Yes, but and, that scene is also so wildly inaccurate. I love it. But yeah. Like. Oh, it's it's not accurate to the books in any way at all. Not even to the soul of the books, right? It's more for a modern audience. This yes. is why I say the romance novel. Mm-hmm. Hot dude with his shirt half off stalking across yeah. the field to her at the end. Well, at the end, that's yeah. the second proposal. Yes. But mm-hmm. like the yeah. first proposal yeah. where he comes to her uh, when she's at yeah. the parsonage mm-hmm. and says, you know, against my better judgment, yeah. I love yeah. you. Will okay. you marry me? Yeah. He's more likable in that scene than I think any of the Darcy's overall. Okay, I can I can accept that. That was the one where when we watched it, my wife turned to me and said, this is the only time I've ever liked Darcy, like as a person. Mm. <laughs> Again, I like that. And they're going mm-hmm. for the capital R romantic stuff. Yes, and, they are. And so- I hadn't put together rah. the historical context like you have, but capital R romantic doesn't mean our kind of romantic. And the mm-hmm. end scene is our kind of romantic. The end scene absolutely is. It does still have some of the capital R where you watch him with his shirt open walking across the wet field field in the fog. Mm -hmm. And that's that's like Wuthering Heights while also being Fabio. Yes. And so you can tell that like that was made for the modern audience. Mm -hmm. And I am a sucker for it anyway. It works for me really well. I mean, and then the ending scene is also very romantic in a way I really appreciate, right? There's an intimacy to the ending epilogue scene mm-hmm. where it's at night and they're both sitting and it's yeah. my Mr. Darcy and things like that. That is also for a modern audience, but it's an update I appreciate. Well, and it's very yeah. controversial. Yeah, I know. Because a mm-hmm. lot of versions don't have it. Yeah. Like we own the DVD and that's yeah. what I've always watched. Mm-hmm. And then- you know, because we watched the zombie one, my wife was yeah. like, well, let's watch a good one, too. Yeah. And so we found that one on, like, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. have the British version rather than the U.S. version, and so it doesn't it. have the epilogue in it. Man, I really like the epilogue. I like it a mm-hmm. lot. And it's completely it not true their to anything. vision of it. Yeah. It needs that stalking across and then be like, <laughs> no, they can actually just be intimate and have fun together it's not all about wuthering heights crossing the yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. right like let's indicate that they will actually have a brooding a happy life together also yeah Mm -hmm. well and without that scene Mm -hmm. the end of it is just mr bennett in his room yeah and he says you know if any young men come for mary or kitty send them in i'm quite at my leisure and that's Mm -hmm. a funny line yes but it is a weird ending to the movie yeah and Mm -hmm. so you need that kind of Mm-hmm. goofy anachronistic scene at the end to really sell it. But I love the Kira Knightley one. It's a great movie. Okay, I have one question for you. Yes. And I realize we're already kind of at time. It's all right. First of all, I kind of feel like we should do an Emma 
version of this. Okay, I'd have to watch a lot of them. There's Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah. Emma. There is... I watched the new Emma earlier this year. Anya. Yes. I really like that it one. It was really good. I still think I like the Gwyneth Paltrow the one Gwyneth better, Paltrow but one, I'm going to have to go watch it. Arguably the best Emma is right. Clueless. Clueless. Yeah. That's the one I was trying to think of earlier when I said 10 Things About You, because 10 oh. Things About You is actually not that good, but... I actually love 10 Things I Hate About You, but that's uh, Shakespeare rather than... I was trying to find Clueless. What is your favorite Austin adaptation overall? Favorite Austin adaptation? It might be a Pride and Prejudice. It might be something else. See, I don't know. Here's the thing. Like I ranked in cinematic quality, I ranked Pride and Prejudice above because I think the modern contextualization is so interesting and so Mm -hmm. well done. But if you have to say favorite, I'm probably going to go Keira Knightley one because I went there on my second date. You know, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. My wife has the soundtrack playing periodically, and I'm like, ah, such right? a pretty soundtrack um, too, and things like that. But I would have to go watch the old Gwen Paltrow Emma, mm-hmm. and I would have to go watch Sense and Sensibility with Snape, and mm-hmm. I would have to see the new Persuasion, which I haven't seen yet. Yeah, I actually this is another controversial yeah. opinion. I love the new Persuasion. It's controversial. I'm hearing a lot yeah. of my friends who like Jane Austen like it, but online I hear everyone hates it. It's not faithful to anything. Uh-huh. But as we have discussed before, unfaithful adaptations are kind of my jam. Right. But there's a Billy Piper Mansfield Park that is uh-huh. fantastic. There's a BBC did a, a Northanger Abbey as part of that same series. Northanger Abbey, if you haven't read it, is the actual straight up satire. It's your yes. only actual. So was mm-hmm. it a comedy? It was done as a comedy. It is Austin doing satire of gothic horror. Yes. And this BBC one, like I keep wanting to say like Lee Pace was in it. He's not mm-hmm. in it, but it's a guy who looks like him. It's great, actually. Okay. But ultimately, Kira Knightley, Pride and Prejudice is my favorite, your favorite. of the Austin edit. We're going to get some heat in the comment section about <laughs> this choice. Especially because we've talked for 40 minutes and we only kind of sort of mentioned the miniseries, yeah. which is most people's favorite yeah. one. Yeah, but I'll be honest, I've only seen the miniseries once. You know, I saw mm-hmm. it with my wife and... Yeah, I watched it when it came out and I haven't seen it since. And this week I tried to watch it again and I got three episodes in and was just like, oh yeah, this is why I haven't bothered watching this in the last 25 yeah, we're gonna We're going to get so much. We're going to get yeah, they're gonna absolutely for this attacked. one. Anyway, how's that, Jane? Jane. <laughs>